Okay. Um, hi. Um, could you please give me your name and your pronouns, please? My name is Sapphire. My pronouns are they and them. Okay, Sapphire. <laughs> First question. Um, could you please subscribe to me your politic? I know this is a huge question, so don't feel intimidated. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just try your best and I'll be best. <laughs> um, how I would describe my politic. Uh, we were kind of talking about mutual aid earlier, and I know that's like a really big word, and now it's conflated into like neoliberalism. But I do feel like how mutual aid was shown to me was very much in black family and in communities. Um, and that really just like looks like giving a fuck about other people. <laughs> and like, <laughs> yeah. wanting, you know what I mean? Like, it's not really, I don't know if you can, can even consider it a politic, but I guess like really, really and truly like people have to start asking themselves like, how are we treating each other like commodities and how have because this is the thing like i don't really see it as you know people are fucked up and whatever like we're in the belly of the beast we've only ever been indoctrinated with um how to use and commodify each other based on what we see around us and it's very much like i think um uh, uh like something internalized society societally based off of like the atlantic slave trade which is when we first saw the world transform, you know, mm -hmm. society had saw the world transform in a way that um, I guess like was never seen on mass before. So now it's so easy to treat each other like commodities. Mm -hmm. um, and like, how can we use each other rather than like, how can I care for you? And how can we create relationships where care outside of money, care outside of money um, is, easy to access so i think my politic is giving a fuck <laughs> yay good answer <laughs> good job okay uh, <laughs> next question could you please describe to me your political education be it informal or formal um my political education is in formal. So I do have a higher education. I was educated to kind of go into like um, teaching and like learning how to learning how to teach um, without being a teacher. It's like an educator basically. But that's I guess it informs some of the ways in which I can be a little bit more creative about sharing information and when it comes to like mutual aid or the politic of giving a fuck. <laughs> um, I'm sure it informs that in certain ways, but uh, I kind of just have learned, especially from femmes around me, like what that looks like um, and how that can change over time. So for example, like even inside of, because um, I chronically work in nonprofits. <laughs> It's just like, you know, like there's so much cognitive dissonance around like uh, making resources available to to others that need these resources. And it's mostly mostly femmes around me um, that have been like, this is bullshit. Like, what is it that you need? Oh, you need food cards? We're just going to give you cash because food cards that are $25 isn't going to buy you anything, really and truly. Mm -hmm. um, so thinking about like, thinking about those femmes and thinking about like even after work, 
you know, how they'll continue to take these phone calls and continue to um, like make community and make connections and still be able to like offer care. So yeah, that's kind of like my education. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a trend. Like a lot of people are saying that there's no such thing as a formal education. Like a lot of these institutions are almost made to keep the status quo. So yeah. it's like, that makes sense. Yeah. Like it's by design. Yeah. Right. A lot of people are saying there's no formal. It's all informal. That's what I've been getting mostly. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So how do you in your own way um, make social change? Because everyone in their own way contributes to social justice. How is it that you specifically have done it? Um, I think that's hard. <laughs> I think I contribute to social change by also two, I think two parts. So what I've, where my, a lot of my, my correction has been in like, cause again, where I first landed in community was through working in nonprofits, right? Which is like a weird place to land in your <laughs> queer trans community specifically, I should say. Um, and yeah, like wanting to like make a difference and like do good work and that's air quotes, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then realizing like the power imbalance is so, so present yeah. and I didn't want I didn't want that I was like oh how do I how do I correct this and I also had feedback from people that were like I don't really like your like the way that you did this thing or like how you made me feel wasn't cool when you did when you tried to give care but it didn't like land as care um and so I took those things and realized like it's not about the giving it's about the relationship building um which is like it makes sense but when you're inside of when you're inside of the institutions, those power imbalances rarely get um, challenged. So I kind of like just removed myself, like emotionally and like psychically removed myself as part of an institution that was trying to do good work. And was just kind of like, what do people around me need? And so that was one thing. And then the other thing was also being vulnerable because um, there have been like, especially over the last maybe two years, I would like be working kind of on and off or like the work that I was doing wasn't paying enough. So like really needing care in so many different ways, like whether that be like, I can't afford therapy. So like having really dope people around me that were offering, like I can listen to you and like help you work through some things or whatever. And here are some tools that maybe you can, you know, or um, I need those $20 that are being passed around. I really need those in order to like, buy groceries or like people recommending where I can get free food like that was a big thing for me people mm -hmm. being able to like support me with food and, and mm -hmm. myself um and I think of uh, yeah so a big part was also being vulnerable with my community and being able to ask for support outside of cash specifically um and realizing that that like made a difference so yeah I guess like how I influence social change is by like being a consistent person if i'm going to like be in your life and like try and offer care it's not going to be because like oh you're struggling let me just help you it's like we need each other how do i build a relationship where it's reciprocal um to kind of like yeah mitigate some of those power imbalances
Yeah, yeah. I don't know, like when you talked about like um the power imbalances, like yeah, like even in like my own experiences of like participating in mutual aid, like I just noticed that like it was like um a bit like skewed, like like the power imbalance was just kind of skewed towards the person receiving. Like I don't know, like it made me feel really weird, you know, like it made me feel really like I was like a savior like people were like it made me feel really like no look this is like no like you don't have to pay me back like this is like it belongs to you like right I don't know and like I don't know like I don't like I want the feeling that gives me like as if like I'm some type of like savior I just I really was thinking about it deeply enough like I'm like how do how do I like um think about that like yeah yeah because it is a power imbalance like I'm just like thinking like I'm not viewing it as like that but some people do like yeah because we're talking about how like women get called like scammers like I don't know I saw this like post on Instagram about this like a group of like um single like women who are mothers like they needed help and then people started calling them scammers and it's just like no like it's a lot like yeah a lot like it's not even about like that you know and it does kill self-esteem, like having been on the receiving end, like a lot <laughs> on the receiving end as of recently um, of mutual aid. Like you don't want to take from somebody you don't know. Mm-hmm. And even still, even if it is somebody that you do know, if you don't have like a friend relationship, it it like shits on yourself. Sorry, should I not swear? I'm not going to swear. You can swear if you want to. <laughs> I'll be mindful. Um, <laughs> like it really like kind of punches your self-esteem like hella it doesn't make you feel autonomous um and yeah so like I try not to like swoop into people's situations if it's like if it's a if it's just like a random GoFundMe if I need if I can like pass a little $20 whatever that's cool but most of the time it really is just like people that I'm I'm always constantly talking to and they'll be like, hey, I've heard about somebody that needs like support or do you have resources around something? Because most of the time people don't ask me for money. People will ask me for like information more than anything else. I'm really good at finding information or bringing information back. But even still, like you don't want to feel like a like you're begging yeah. for shit, you know? And I think maybe also another thing is like, when offering mutual aid and this is also speaking from my experience of receiving mutual aid like it's really nice when people also like talk to you and are just kind Mm -hmm. of like yeah like you need this thing cool here done but then also like how are you yeah like like what are you into these days like what are some ways that like you're caring for yourself do you do you need support in other ways and like now i've built or like i guess like my relationships with people where mutual aid has been passed around like our friendships have gotten deeper because it's less about the giving and the getting. And even though we're trying to make it air quotes reciprocal or whatever, um, it's just not enough. It's not enough. I want somebody that wants to be my friend outside of making sure I get my needs met. It's, it's, it's too like one night stand vibe. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't want to feel that. And I also don't want to perpetuate that. So yeah, like I've had, uh, very recently, like I was um, supporting a friend that I consider an actual friend. And uh, I think maybe the last year or so, it was kind of like on and off. And like, we would kind of talk, not really talk. But then after, you know, like um, the support or whatever, we had like a serious talk. And I was like, 
this is how I, I was just expressing how I feel about this person. I was like, I really like you as my friend because this is, you know, um, this is like what your personality is like around me. And this is what I learned from you. And I really value this. And if you ask me to do something like, I'm going to do it, but I also like care about you deeply, like as a person. So I think, and inside of that conversation, my friend was like, you know, it made, I think it made her think about um, how she can like depend on me. Because if you're, if it's like a give and take relationship, it's kind of like, oh, I don't want to overstep. Oh, I don't want to whatever. But when you're, you're friends with someone, it's kind of like any relationship. Like it's not all the time 50, 50. Yeah. But you have to build that with someone, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's just really important to like be be okay with taking things to the next level. I think that's like with the with the mutual aid mentality, like the institutionalized mutual aid mentality, it's kind of like, ooh, you don't want to get too involved in people's mm -hmm. lives. And I'm like, why? That's a fucking weird thing to say. Like, why don't you want to be involved with people's lives? Like, that's a whole person's life. And me and you are talking. And so this is, it's not just about the general you. Like, I'm talking about Black people. I'm talking about queer trans people. Like, that are supporting really each other because non-black people really don't be showing up past like maybe going on a little rant one time, maybe passing over a couple dollars one time and then being like, I did a good job. I'm not racist. But they haven't built relationships with any black people. Yeah. At all. So yeah. So like I would basically just saying like I when I'm having this conversation with you, like I'm not considering anybody else. I'm literally just talking about black people because as we've been shown over the last little while, like people only respond to trauma. A, yeah, trauma porn is is what sells, and everything else outside outside of trauma. If it's just general maintenance, if it has to do with healthcare, if it has to do with transitions, if it has to do with dark skin femmes, um, <laughs> nobody gives a fuck. Mm -hmm. That's on period. So, um, building relationships with other Black people, uh, I think it also has us challenging our internalized blackness in the way that we qualify need for other black people if that makes sense so breaking that down a little bit i think that in the same ways a lot of folks are like yes pro-black yes like are here and down for the cause and for freedom mm -hmm. i think that it's i think we can encourage a conversation within different black groups specifically black gay men that are taking this white dick. Mm. Mm. I'm going to call it out. I'm actually going to call it out. Speak it out. Speak on it. Speak on it. Yeah. So I'm seeing that the mutual aid that's happening specifically for dark skinned black femmes uh, is really just with other black femmes or, or femme perceiving people. Like I don't identify mm. as femme, but I very much like, I don't know. I'm perceived in a particular way. And there's also a, a part of me that values that part of myself too. So I'm like, yo, if this is the way that we're caring and nurturing for each other, like right on, I'm here with it. But I am having these, I've been having these conversations with black gay men that, you know, they're always, not always, this constant narrative around like, oh, I, I've never, I, I've not quite um, investigated how I don't engage with black trans women specifically, right? And I'm like, oh yeah, really? Like, let's talk about that. And so teasing out like the misogyny, teasing out the fact that like, 
the way that they take from black trans women in terms of like seeing them only as entertainment or only when they're being entertained is really really violent and really apparent while also accessing and bringing over their white partners or all these fucking white guys at Hanlon's point and they're keying and having a good time and not considering who the fuck they're who made them who they fucking are so again outside of like the trauma porn or like for instance like Kim just had black people's business party right Mm -hmm. why am I having this conversation with black gay men about sharing this initiative because it's not just about the party it's about the initiative but I noticed that Kim did not talk about the initiative more than it being a party and look how many people showed up look how many people donated when it was about a party but there's so many fundraisers and gofundmes for black trans women where no one's even batting an eyelash it's being shared by other black femmes or black trans people but nobody else and i'm like so only when you're entertained do you want to give a fuck or consider your internalized misogyny or your internalized um misogynoir trans misogynoir right so I think that's interesting. Um, so like that's black gay men who are thinking about like, oh, like how do I participate in more in my community for black trans women? That's one thing. And then black cis straight men that are also out here fucking like perpetuating harm against black women and black trans women specifically. And definitely not being asked to investigate yeah, are also not being asked or have not taken the time to investigate where their black trans misogynoir is really coming from as not even where it's coming from, but the fact that they need to challenge it. And at the same time, you need to take all the access that you're getting and all the support that you're getting from us. So at the end of the day, your white bitch isn't doing it for you. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. It's so frustrating. So anyway, all of that to say, I think that our conversation that needs to happen in our black communities yeah. that we're local in, you know, like not taking from the states, not trying to do a whole like, you know, we as black, no, 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 no. In Toronto, in Montreal, <laughs> in Ottawa, you need to be talking to your friends. <laughs> you need to be talking to your friends. Before you go to a next patio, you need to be having a conversation about if this bill is $40, I need to send 80 to a black trans woman. No questions asked because that's what people need people need money and you're out here mm-hmm. and i have to convince you to use your mind and use your heart so let's let's talk mm-hmm. about that why do i have to convince you to have those conversations Mm-mm. Mm-mm. yeah i totally agree in fact the last episode it was just talking about like um how violent black men are and i'm like i don't like it when non-black people participate in this conversation because I've, yeah. I've seen people like say things i'm like no like close your mind <laughs> Go back to your mom and dad. (laughs) Run coin before you start talking. Please and thank you. Like, bro, and it's like, it's not something that we as like non-cis men in the black community don't know. We talk to us as if like we are foolish, as if we don't see our own people. Like we see what's going on. And besides, we've been doing this work since jump. So it's like, what is this talking down to about our own men? Like we know our men, like, and it puts us in a really awkward position. So I'm not trying to defend nobody's violent behavior, but like when non-black people or like white people have something to say, it makes me feel defensive. And then yeah. I go home and I fucking hate myself because no black man that mm. I've ever met, including my own family, has mm. ever come to bat for me like that. Yeah. Not outwardly. Not outwardly. Yeah. Yeah. 
even online, I, you know, I'm sharing stuff. I know my cousins are seeing it, but no one's fucking doing shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. But this is like between us. It's intra-community stuff. Like, no. No. Boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Boundaries. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, you were talking, uh, what were you talking about? It relates to the next question. So... How has your relationship with the notion of community changed over the years? How has my notion of community changed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it just goes back to, like, I don't really believe in a wider community. Like, if I identify similarly to you, that doesn't mean shit. <laughs> you know, like, I exist in my own right. I'm, I don't belong to the same, like, to the same identity groups. I belong to people that care for me absolutely i understand community like i um yeah i belong to them and i am answerable to them in a way that makes me feel good it makes me feel like i belong somewhere and that's where my integrity lies oh sab i'm feeling emotional (laughs) i'm crying this big cancer season (laughs) oh Beautiful, yeah. Shout out to the people. (laughs) You're actually crying. Oh my god, it's kind of beautiful. I'm feeling emotional. (laughs) It's cancer season. Cancer season, yo, it's tearing us up. It's It's a new one, bro. A whole new one, yeah. Yeah, I felt that. I felt that. Uh, okay. Uh, next question. <laughs> um, how has this pandemic been for you in terms of productivity outside of the classical bounds set by capitalism? How has it been? It's been panic inducing, but, and I know it's going to sound so fucked up, but it's been really great. <laughs> it's been so great. So many of my relationships that were really based off of commodification literally disintegrated including yeah. the long-term relationship that I was in. Like I moved to Gatineau inside of a long-term relationship and I was like, wow, you're actually like a racist piece of shit. I have to, no. <laughs> um, and as much as there's sadness inside of losing things, the way that it opened me up to surrendering to the people that I belong to and really mm-hmm. reifying those relationships and investigating my own internalized anti-blackness. Like, why the fuck was I with this nigga in the first place? Right? Which, oh my God. Which is, no, but which is not to say that all black people and all black relationships are the ones for you. Like I, listen. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a whole other story. That's a whole other story. <laughs> that's a whole other story. And even I was actually talking to my therapist about that on the later, or earlier this weekend and everything too. Just like how I had this idea that like, if I just, date black people solely mm-hmm. then somehow it's gonna like be better we were both like, ah. <laughs> like we're, we're all hurting we're all hurting in different ways right and some, of us, some of us have some investigations to do and some internal work to do but um mm. there's a way in which i cannot tolerate certain things from non-black people so anyway all of that to say because i really don't want to center that i really want to center the ways that those transitions in my life have brought in the types of foundations that I only dreamed of and challenged me to participate, um, participate in, in 
in this giving a fuck, you know, mm-hmm. in a particular way. I'm so sorry. Um, so yeah, like seeing, like also, I guess like when I say um, internalized anti-blackness in the way that I commodify myself or mm-hmm. make myself worthy, that really comes from what do you have to offer? What can you sell in order to make yourself uh, des- not even just desirable, but like uh, feeling like you, you have a place in the world or belong in a particular way. Um, and that's been wonderfully challenged because A, like, again, I've been working off and on. So there's a way in which I'm like, well, this is all I'm going to get this month. So this is what I'm going to work with. That means I'm not constantly chasing coin. I'm chasing, I'm, I'm more going inwards and like trying to find creative ways to center myself and be myself so that I can better belong to the people that I belong to. And I think that's, it's been really successful so far. Yay, I love it. I love it. You love to see it. We really do. Okay. And like, um, how has your idea of community and friendship changed or not changed because of this pandemic? It's changed. Um, and again, this is my personal healing. So it's not really like theoretical or like these big profound thoughts, but um, and this is quite vulnerable. So I'm really like Aww. putting it out there. <laughs> but I think the healing <laughs> that occurred was um, like not centering romantic relationships and Aww. centering um, deep intimacy in a platonic way. So maybe not romantic. I think maybe more um, non-sexual is what the word I'm looking for because I'd be mad romantic with my besties. You know what I mean? I'd be like <laughs> sending them like, you know, like little like letters and like sweet notes and things like that. Like just saying, I love you constantly. Like there's a way in which it feeds a part of me that's so like addicted to like, rom- I'm not even joking. I'm so addicted. I'm so addicted to romance. It's not even cute. Like, but I really had to like interrupt that in a certain way because you know, all the other shit. So friendship for me has like, it's gone so much deeper in joy. You know, I've been shown so much compassion and space to grow and like, not just be a better person, but be like a more intentional friend. And it just comes so easily, which is really mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I love the way that like black bums are nice to each other. I love seeing that. It's Same. seriously, it's seriously beautiful. I really love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. One of the best friendships I've ever seen. Like, yeah. True. <laughs> like, you can go anywhere in the world. You can feel any sort of how, and you know you're going to be held. Yeah. You can yeah. change. Also, you can change and you're still going to be held, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, really, it's so beautiful to behold. But yeah, you're, you love love. I love that. You really? Just- <laughs> really? Just anyway, anyhow, I'm easy. <laughs> yes, yes. I love it. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of inspired by your vulnerability. I don't know. I kind of struggle with being vulnerable because, like, Sometimes it's just, it's naturally, for like the longest time, it's actually not been safe for me to be vulnerable. I've just been in like in a lot of like different type of toxic, like like environments, like school, home, home, 
um work just like I'm used to like keeping things in and like when I meet people who actually like me who are actually nice to me I just don't know how to act I'm like oh my god that's that's and I cry and I cry about it like a week later <laughs> like why am I crying in front of my cereal <laughs> oh yeah but we're here journey that's what i love about these types of relationships is that you can take as much time as you need and also it's it's not a bad thing to have these protections around you do you know what i mean but there's always space to not always space when there is space made and opportunities made where you can learn to coke air quotes code switch your vulnerabilities yeah it's a new agility we hate that you have to not be vulnerable or that we can't be vulnerable in particular ways but then there are spaces that you can be and it's like that's when you can pour out your heart and just be your whole self and learn how to do that and people will still hold you in that yeah you don't have to beat yourself up for not being as vulnerable as you want to because the world has proven and continues to prove that it's not safe so also like rate yourself for having that as a skill, but it doesn't need to be a permanent skill all the time. At least I hope, I wish that for you. Thank you. I receive that. I do. I receive it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just sort of, no, stop. <laughs> I'm just so inspired right now. I feel really inspired. But yeah, like last question. How are you? How are you? I'm really good. <laughs> I'm really good. I'm I am well. I am so well. I'm eating. I am talking to my ancestors. Um, I've had a lot of love returned back to me, which when talking about vulnerability, sometimes I'm like, do I deserve this? But then I'm like, no, bitch, you fucking great on this. Like, <laughs> how many months, how many years has this been like an intentional ask for the ancestors? Like, make me open to receiving love returned and mm -hmm. yo the way that it's come full force that to the point where i'm like there's still i need to still be spacious in my ability i still need to work on my capacity to receive this love and not try and siphon it into like like oh it just like just get a little bit and then hold on to it like no be like continue to be open to it so i feel I feel well in the way that I'm being challenged, but also like there's so much abundance. Me and my broke ass self, there's so much abundance. <laughs> Same here, broke abundance. Broke abundance, it's such broke a fun. It's such a fun. <laughs> that might be the title of this episode. Can it please be? Oh my goodness, broke abundance. And it only belongs to us. Like, I don't see anybody else in this rolling in this type of abundance. We, we, we deserve it. We do. Blessings on blessings, period. Absolutely, period. I receive it. Yeah. Yeah. Affirm. Affirmations. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And watch and watch. Watch how things come through, you know? Yeah. Just watch. It's going to be amazing. You're moving, like, this is the energy. This is the energy. Take your abundance. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly. Yeah, new moon in Cancer, period. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that fucked up. Yeah, really. <laughs> We're all like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm so in awe of you. Oh my god. 
I'm in awe of you. Like you have this podcast going, you're out here spreading, doing God's work, spreading people's conversations. Like these are the conversations. And I've been listening yeah. to your podcast and stuff too. Like these are the conversations that are really necessary. Thanks yeah, for making Thank you possible. so much. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud that I have you as a friend. I'm so proud to have you as a guest on this podcast. We need to hear you speak. When is the talk show coming? What is no! You- <laughs> no, hey, no. I- I want more Saturday in my life. I do. You can have them. It's all for you. Anytime. anytime. And I'm so proud of you too. Like even with all the things that you express, like you're still, I can see that you're still putting yourself out there and making yourself available for these blessings. You're transforming your own life. You know how. And so you will be blessed for the effort. I try. You are. You are. We see it. We see it. All of us, we see it. You got it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Anything else to say? Anything? One last thing, last words, any shout outs? Oh my God. Shout out to, shout out to Kim <laughs> that did that black people's business. Honestly, honestly, amazing. Semhar that cooked. Shout out to my best friend, Ash, who has been holding me down mm. and all the friends and people that I've met via online that really are just magnificent, like yourself, Zawadi, like you're an incredible person. And I also feel really lucky and blessed that it was just like a happenstance, random situation. <laughs> <laughs> but it's such a vibe and you're, you're a blessing in my life too. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise. Okay, that's been the episode. Let's see if this fucking episode records. Yeah. I'll be I'll be so pissed off if it doesn't record. No, we got it. I believe we in, got it. in the we internet. Get, I believe in the internet. Okay, so I'm gonna press stop recording. Yeah.